The Truth News Network. In a time when narrative supersedes truth, when facts are the enemy, in a time where even Orwell would look at things and shake his head in disbelief, in a time when it takes backbone to stand up to the slings and arrows of outrageous deception, thank all that's holy, you have a voice. TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. We all have a voice. Everybody has a voice, and you need to use your voice. We all do. To alert those around us, things aren't just the way they're supposed to be. And you know what? We, the people, are the ones that must make the decisions, whatever those are, to straighten the path of the ship that we're on, the United States of America, and to make sure we're headed in the right direction. I don't know about you, but I feel very strongly we're not headed in the right direction right now. And I think it begins at the top. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live. It's hump day already. Golly, it just seems like yesterday was a weekend. They go so fast when you get old, and I are old. (laughs) Hey, listen, I hope your week's going good. We've got our eyes on a lot of things that are very important for you. A very special beginning of the show here today. We're going to get cranking in just a minute. I'll kind of tell you what it is all about as we wait for a bunch of people to log in and get with us on the show. I don't want anybody to miss this. Here at Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org, and also TNN Live for months now, we've been saying regarding everything to do with our gasoline, our diesel situation, our fuel oil, all of the crazy expenses that have been piled on high, this administration's war against the fossil fuel industry, what's really going on? We have been looking diligently, trying to find out exactly what's going on. I mean, when you start putting all the pieces together, it doesn't make any sense. Look at what this president is about to do. He's about to head to the Middle East, and he's going to go bow before the Saudi king And the royal prince, the one that Joe Biden called a murderer for killing personally, he said, Khashoggi, that reporter from New York, he's going there to beg for the Saudis to increase their oil production while he has single-handedly, has this president, destroyed the United States fossil fuel industry. And we hear all of these lame excuses coming out. Well, there are 9,000 leases that they don't want to drill on. That's their go-to default position to try to make Americans think these oil companies are filthy, rich, evildoers that just sit around thinking of new and intuitive ways to wreak havoc on the American people and steal all of the Americans' money. Don't forget that during COVID for two years, nobody in the nation was moving around. That meant gasoline and diesel. Nobody was using it anywhere close to where it was normal. This administration didn't reach out to those evil oil companies that were losing billions of dollars and saying, hey, let us help you. Nope. They just basically said, you deal with the corporations. And by the way, that's the way free markets are supposed to work. Capitalism dictates 
whatever happens economically in the marketplace under a capitalistic system, what's good for people and what people want dictate who makes money and who loses money. If your product and the demand for your product are good enough, you're going to do well. So why is this government, is this administration putting their thumbs on the weights of capitalism and trying to destroy the fossil fuel sector of our economy? That, by the way, it impacts every single one of the 330 million Americans that that live here. Why is Joe Biden doing it? Let me ask you this. He's going over there asking the Saudis to start increasing their oil production. But he comes over here and they won't give our oil companies access to the good leases, the offshore leases. And they keep telling everybody, well, they don't want to drill on these leases. No. You're going to hear in just a second. Let me just segue to where we're headed. Last night, I was captivated as I watched the very beginning of the Sean Hannity show. Why? I normally don't go there. I'm a sketchy news watcher at night. I typically get all of my information in the wee hours of the morning, and I don't spend a lot of time in front of Fox News or any other news network. I just don't do it. It takes too much time. But when I heard Sean Hannity give his open last night, and he teased what he was about to launch into, it struck a chord with me, and I stayed glued to the television. I'm about to give you that exactly verbatim from the Fox Sean Hannity show last night. The explanation of what and why our federal government is doing what they're doing, which is basically destroying our fossil fuel industry here, to send it to the Middle East. I've been saying all along, folks, there has to be a reason why Joe Biden would purposely not transitioning away from fossil fuel to uh, renewable energies. There's no transition plan in place. There hasn't been one invented. There hasn't been one put out there. There's no explanation. It's like they want to Pull the spigot on fossil fuel and renewable energies are just magically going to be there to take place and replace all of the fossil fuel addictions we have. It can't be done. It won't happen. And there's only one explanation for it. Joe Biden not only wants to, but he's planning in this trip to Saudi is one little key in the cog, to transfer all of the fossil fuel needs of the United States and production to the Middle East. Are you with me? Find a spot for the next 15 minutes where you can listen to what happened at the very beginning of the Sean Hannity show last night. The Biden administration, they are knowingly and openly lying to you, the American people, including their own diehard supporters, about one of the Democratic Party's favorite causes, the transition to green renewable energy. Remember, they steadfastly refuse to drill and to frack, and they want to import oil from Iran and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia and OPEC. Watch. We have a chance here to make a fundamental turn toward renewable energy. 
electric vehicles, and, and not just electric vehicles, but across the board. Ultimately, we really do need to be investing in renewables. Until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy created here at home, and since we'll still be vulnerable to wild price hikes like we're seeing right now, during Putin's war. As Minister uh, Ryan has said, this clean energy transition could be the peace project of our time. The way in which we can assure um, reasonable energy expenses for households is um, to move to renewables to address climate change. Now, tonight we'll do a deep dive. We'll expose the truth about these lies because, as it turns out, this push towards what they call renewables and green energy and electric cars is a massive fraud. We'll explain in detail, but in order to really understand this, it is important to first know where do we get our energy from? You ever ask yourself the question? I know you come home, you flip on the lights. Ah, electricity, that's great. Look at your screen. 79% of America's grid is now powered by. Guess what? Fossil fuels. What do I say about fossil fuels? The lifeblood of the world's economy. That includes petroleum, natural gas, and you bet coal. Another 8% is derived from nuclear power plants. Liberals hate that too. Now, currently only 12% of our energy by definition would be from renewables. So if the administration truly wanted a transition away from fossil fuels, they would need to shut down 80 to 90% of our power grid and replace it with what? Windmill? solar power. Unfortunately, that type of so-called green energy is not very efficient. Let's take, for example, one wind turbine. It produces less than three megawatts of energy, whereas one natural gas turbine produces 45. And get this, a typical natural gas plant has three turbines, which means you could need, what, 49 windmills to replace just one moderately sized natural gas plant. Now, keep in mind, there are more than 3,400 fossil fuel power plants in operation within the U.S. Any transition to wind and to solar would take decades and decades and decades, and it would not lower the cost at all in the interim and probably thereafter. Now, each windmill costs more than $3.8 million to build, not to mention the thousands upon thousands of acres of land that would be needed to be purchased. And as Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm declared, will require a lot of new resources that you, we, the American people, will have to pay for. Take a look. With the president's goal of 100% clean electricity by 2035 and net zero by 2050, we are going to be able to do that kind of transition uh, with all different kinds of technologies in all pockets of the country. We're going to need workers to, yes, install wind turbines and solar panels. We're going to need workers to build those wind turbines and solar panels. We need steel workers. We need miners for the materials to build them. We're going to need truckers and dock workers and deckhands to, to uh, transport them. We're going to need electricians. We're going to need laborers. We're going to need utility workers. In other words, a big transition to renewables is not going to happen under Biden, uh, and any incremental transition will do nothing but drive up the cost of energy all across the board. The only actual way to bring down 
prices is to produce more gas and oil, the lifeblood of the world's economy. I'll say it again. In order to appease the climate alarmist cult in his party and pull the wool over your eyes, the administration is now trying to outsource all energy needs overseas. That's why they're trying to do a deal with Iran. That's why they're sending an emissary, emissaries over to Venezuela. That's why he will bow before the crown prince, the guy that he says is responsible for killing Jamal Khashoggi, the pariah nation of Saudi Arabia, in order to make another big show about shutting down oil and gas infrastructure, like, for example, pipelines and refineries and exploration permits uh, inside the U.S. Now, that's why Biden is going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, in spite of what they say, I promise you, he will be begging that crown prince right there and kissing up to him and kissing his ass and begging for more oil production. Now, we saw the same thing in Russia. I'm sorry, in Europe with Russia, far left Germany. Well, guess what? They have their own climate alarmist religious cult. They were desperate to appease them. They shut down their fossil fuel facilities. They outsourced all of their energy needs and did billion dollar deals with Vladimir Putin. How's that working out? Ultimately, it was all about optics. Didn't actually improve the environment. I mean, Mother Earth, does it matter if you get a barrel of oil from here or over here? Not really. It always was a huge scam. And now with Putin's war raging, Germany, well, the spigot's been shut off. Now they have to restart their, well, mothball uh, coal-powered plants. Whoopsie-daisy. Now this brings us to electric cars. Now pay close attention here. When the Biden administration isn't fantasizing about renewables and, and energy independence with renewables, they're begging Americans. They're lecturing us to buy electric cars. They tell us over and over again, buy an electric car. Take a look. Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Under my plan, which is before the Congress now, we can take advantage of the next generation of electric vehicles that a typical driver will save about $80 a month from not having to pay gas at the pump. On the issue of uh, uh, gas prices, after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. If you filled up your EV by charging and you filled up your gas tank with gasoline and you have the same size tank, you would save $60 per fill-up by going electric rather than using gasoline. Maybe they haven't noticed, but Biden inflation has added an additional $6,000 to every American household uh, unnecessarily. And as you can see, Democrats want you to believe you buy an electric vehicle, it will bring down the cost for you, the American people, and will save the environment at, at the same time. Both claims are totally false. Let's tackle the cost, the obvious. The average price for a new electric vehicle is $64,000 compared to $44,000 for a full-size car. So from the purchase, you're already, well, 20 grand in the hole. Add in another 1,200 for an installation of an electric charging port and 55 bucks a month in additional energy costs, and you will most certainly not be saving any money over the entire life of the vehicle. I'm not against them, but I'm just giving you the reality. Just if you joined us during this soundbite that you're hearing, obviously this is Sean Hannity last night from his show. 
we prefaced at the beginning of the show exactly what this is about. We have been preaching at TNN Live for months that Joe Biden is trying to destroy the fossil fuel industry in the United States and to outsource all of that energy production to the Middle East, to OPEC and to others, and totally destroy the domestic fossil fuel industry in the United States. Sean Hannity last night at the beginning of this show, you're listening to it right now, gives a full explanation. That's exactly what this push to Green New Deal energy is, to destroy domestically fossil fuel production and give it to our quote-unquote friends in the Middle East. In other words, we become a purchaser rather than as we were two years ago totally energy independent. We made enough, produced enough energy domestically for our own uses, and we were selling it overseas. Back to Hannity. Don't go away from this. This is massive. Now, of course, any electric car is only as clean as its energy source. They don't never talk about this part. Remember, 80% of our power comes from oil, gas, and coal. But that's not the only thing to consider. Keep in mind the production of these electric vehicles, not exactly environmentally friendly. You know, the battery alone is typically comprised of nickel, cobalt, aluminum, uh, manganese, and all of these need to be mined from Mother Earth with heavy equipment that uses gas or diesel. Many rechargeable batteries are derived from, oops, China, where they use slave labor or child labor. And don't get me wrong, there are some pretty cool electric vehicles on the market, including Tesla. By the way, I'd look at a Tesla. A friend of mine swears by his. He loves it. But buying one doesn't make you Captain Planet as John Kerry, who flies around in his private jets, would have you believe. And by the way, under Trump, the United States, you may have never been told this by the uh, climate alarmist cult, uh, under Donald Trump, the United States led the world in greenhouse gas reduction, not because of electric cars or windmills, instead, clean burning, affordable, natural gas developed through the free market helped the United States curb pollution. By the way, we're the Middle East of natural gas. We have at least 200 plus years worth of a supply of natural gas. And that's all we know about at this moment. Now, talking about a phantom transition to renewables is not going to save our economy or the planet. We are now barreling towards a recession coupled with out of control inflation. The national gas tax holiday Biden is now proposing will not significantly bring down prices. I'll take it. 18.4 cents a gallon, but I'll take it. But even Obama said that uh, this is a gimmick, kind of like tapping into the strategic petroleum reserve. It's a band-aid. It's a temporary fix. After the election, they'll put it back in place. Take a look. Oil companies like Shell and BP just reported record profits for the quarter, and we're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas over the course of the entire summer so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back and say that they did something. I can't believe it. Obama, for once, is actually right. Meanwhile, Obama's former economic advisor, Larry Summers, is now not only predicting a recession, also warning that the U.S. would need five years or 6% unemployment or one year of 10% unemployment to ease inflation. 
Biden inflation. Our economy is going into a very dark. You see it with your 401k. You see it when you go to the gas pump and you see it in every store that you shop in. And by the way, the pain that American families are feeling when it comes to gas prices. America's not heading towards a recession. That's kind of like inflation is transitory. We, the American people, are not stupid. Now, the Americans now know that how supply and demand works. They know that lecturing oil and gas companies and restricting the domestic production of energy, raising taxes is not going to bring down costs or save us from a recession. And by the way, now in a new poll, Biden's approval rating is at 32 percent. That's right. The lowest point in a presidency since 1948. Here with Reaction, OutKick founder Clay Travis, along with the co-host of The Five, Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo, I mean, electric cars hey, are fine. I once had a, an Escalade hybrid. Wasn't too bad. By the way, I love the Let's Go Brandon t-shirt, uh, Clay. Uh, yeah, it was fine. But when you when when you break down how you charge it, when you break down how you build it, when you break down the cost of it, uh, it's a fantasy that they're they're peddling here. In the meantime, we're going to beg Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela. Does that make sense to you? It, it doesn't. Uh, but if President Biden could put together a coherent narrative, as you just did, uh, laying it all out, I think it would be in a much better place. What he is trying to say, and here I am translating for the president of the United States, Wait is minute, that if life gives second. you lemons, Geraldo, you stop. make lemonade. Pause. What he's trying to say, because you know, I know, and Clay Travis knows, and this audience knows, that he's weak and a tax holiday is 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 a ridiculous idea. It is a very transitory, uh, you know, feel-good fix for a day or two. What we need to do and what he should do, rather than promoting the future, we'll get to the future. Rather than promoting a Tesla in every garage, what he should be saying is, let's produce more domestic oil ourselves. Let's, let's get the, the, the supply up. That will reduce the price. You know, hey, all right, and answer how do you get the seriously. oil companies to... Why, why don't we ask Midland, Texas? Why don't we go to Oklahoma? For natural gas, why don't we go yes. to Pennsylvania, New York, and Ohio? Why don't we start here and, yes. f and finish the Keystone XL pipeline and get 900,000 barrels of Canadian oil a day? Why don't we do that? Well, listen to my idea. The, the oil companies reaping record profits, that's true, that is undeniably true. But how do you get them to invest enough so they can produce more now, so we're not dependent on Venezuela and, and Saudi Arabia and Iran and so forth? You do it by telling the, the oil companies, you keep your record profits. We're not going to impose a windfall profits tax as the left is now agitating to do. And how did you that keep work your out money, for Jimmy Carter? You must produce. How did that work out for Jimmy Carter, Clay Travis? You're a historian. Sean, the oil and gas companies don't want to invest because they know the rug is going to get pulled out from underneath their feet by the Biden administration as soon as the midterms are here. They want lower gas prices for five months. They'll say anything that they think scores them political points. And then as soon as the midterms are here, they're not going to offer them any support at all because don't miss what's going on here, guys. Ultimately, this is what the Democrats want because the gas prices need to go up 
in order for all of the solar and the wind power and the electric to get remotely competitive with gas prices. There was a great story in the Wall Street Journal. A, uh, a writer there tried to travel. Did you guys see it? From New Orleans to Chicago and back on an electric vehicle and it was a disaster. She couldn't find anywhere to charge. The charging stations didn't work. And the article ended with her saying, I've never been happier to pay $4.50 a gallon than have to deal with a long-range trip right now on an electric vehicle. And I wish everybody had $64,000, as you mentioned, Geraldo, to go out and be able to buy them. But this is the Democrat push. If you're troubled by the price of high gas, then go buy an EV. Geraldo and Sean, recently, I went to go fill up my car. Somebody had spent $4.50, this was several weeks ago, for one gallon of gas probably to be able to get to and from work to try to make it so that they could continue to produce for Sad. their family. That, that person, you might as well but tell them that they should go buy a dragon as go buy an electric vehicle. All right, Clay Geraldo. But Clay, but that's my point. There is an emergency. There is an emergency now. Let Biden understand the emergency. Why is there he's an emergency? His own political Geraldo. Biden right can't even it's ride an a bike. You have think a, he's going to solve have a all sorts of gas deficit. prices? Geraldo, he created we have a supply the. I, I got to run. When we can increase we have a, production, Geraldo, he was handed energy independence. He gave up leases on public he lands. Was. He killed off Keystone XL. He stopped Anwar. He artificially reduced the supply. Tell him to go back to Trump's policies and we'll recognize we'll back we to $2 a, a gallon gas. Recognize. I, I think you've got to recognize the exigent he's circumstance, and he's got to be flexible. He's got to be nimble. He's got to be creative. Go back not to the jamming the future he down people's He's throats. none of those things. Oh. Geraldo, he can barely read a teleprompter. He can't ride a bike. He's not flexible and nimble and sophisticated. These are not yeah. adjectives that Geraldo's fit the a little sensitive because you know States. he did once say seventy is the new fifty. I have read that somewhere. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I hope he's right, right Thank one you, day. Babe. By the way. I got several things out of that conversation. First of all, I uh, doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on my disgust for Geraldo Rivera. Why Fox News has him aboard? He's always trying to find a counter position. It doesn't matter what conversation he's thrown into. He wants to go against whoever the conservative is in there. Maybe just maybe Fox uses that as a straw man. I don't know. But his arguments there make absolutely no sense. And what Sean Hannity said, what Clay Travis said, made sense, which is, what is the difference to Mother Nature? If a hole is drilled in North Louisiana, or if it's drilled outside of Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, to get fuel, get oil out of the ground, it's still coming from the ground if it comes from the ground in North Louisiana or in Saudi Arabia. Wouldn't it be better for the United States of America if we would tap oil here and getting it out of the ground means you employ a bunch of Americans and selling it from the ground in the United States of America means that a bunch of the first-level profits go to American corporations and American workers rather than what this administration we know now is hell-bent on doing, which is 
to outsource our oil and gas production to the Middle East and make the United States reliant upon the good faith of the Saudis and the Iranians. Yes, I said Iranians. Joe Biden, John Kerry are up to their eyeballs, have been, even back under the Obama administration, cutting a deal with the Iranians so that we will buy oil from them. I kid you not. It's factual. This is what you just heard, the explanation for $5 gasoline right now in the United States of America. There is no green energy, renewable energy transition plan. There's not one. There hasn't been one. They didn't want one. They wanted to push us and push us and push us up against the wall until we all say we can't take this anymore. Get us oil. Get us gasoline. Get us whatever we get out of petrochemical production. Get it for us. We don't care where you get it. And then they say, hey, 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 the Saudis over there, they're ready to start giving us, well, not giving us, but raping us when they sell to us all of the oil that we need for all of our needs. Everything's going to be okay in that scenario. Meanwhile, tens of thousands of Americans are out of work. The price continues to skyrocket for what we're paying for all of our energy. And this lunacy of electric cars, it does not take Albert Einstein to dig in just a little bit, maybe one or two layers to understand electric energy isn't free. And it doesn't come out of the sky. It's created by mining for some nasty minerals, tearing up massive holes, acres and acres of ground to get the elements that are necessary to make these batteries that have to be made and put in these cars. And then there are these charging stations that have to be built everywhere. Let me just tell you about the infrastructure where you live, your electric grid, where you live. Do you know that there is not a city in the United States that when it was created and the electric, the power grid was built block after block, mile after mile, neighborhood after neighborhood, when, you, when they build these subdivisions, they have to put this grid, this infrastructure in. So much power. And the power goes from the power plant through the power lines to these subdivisions. And in the case of electric cars, to these power stations in these garages, there is not a city in the United States that today has the sufficient power grid in place to function for even a tiny percentage of refueling electric cars. We're talking about trillions of dollars of infrastructure that has to happen before any transition could ever take place. We are the United States of America. We're the most innovative country in world history. Look at what we have come up with and devised throughout our very brief 260 years as a nation. 
Look at the discoveries we've made. We're very innovative people. Why then would Joe Biden, why then would John Kerry, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, everybody on the left, oh, by the way, Barack Obama, why would they all be beating the drum of let's just flip the switch and go to all renewable energy? It can't be done. But it sounds good. It's so environmentally clean. But it's not. None of what they have told us is true. What you just heard is the fact. There is a deal being negotiated right now with the Middle East to outsource our entire energy operation to shut down our energy production and sell it to the Saudis and sell it to the Iranians. That's exactly what's at the end of the road. And now it's beginning to leak out among the populace and Americans who are not stupid. We're not stupid people. The little light bulbs are beginning to click above people's heads and they're saying, aha, now I get it. I know what's really at stake. Wow. Let me just make this point. If you missed this opening, it's very easy to grab. After the show is over, you can go to any one of the places where you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, even Facebook, iHeartRadio, TNN Live. Just put that in your search bar when you go to on your iPhone. You've got the uh, the iPod app. Just click on that in the search bar, punch in TNN Live, and our homepage will pop up. This show today will be up at the top of it. You just click on it. You can download it. It's right at the beginning of the show. You need to listen to the entire thing, and you need to pass it around. You need to say something to people that you know so they understand. I know many people that have shared the same concerns and asked this same question as I'm asking. What's going on? What's the difference in getting a a barrel of oil out of West Texas or getting it out of the desert in Saudi Arabia environmentally? It's still punching a hole and it's still bringing oil to the surface. No matter what country you do it in, the big difference is we're not under the circumstances in the plan that Biden's secretly negotiating now with Saudi Arabia. We're not going to be the ones that make any of the dollars with that. And we will have no control over what we pay for gasoline if we don't control the production of gasoline. I can't believe we got here in just a matter of months. Wow. Energy independent under Donald Trump. First time in decades. The day Joe Biden was elected, I paid a buck sixty-nine a gallon for oil. Same station now, I'm paying four dollars and forty-nine cents. That's progress, folks. <laughs> That's progress. They got rid of the orange man. That's all that matters, right? Hey, what's ahead this morning? Well, I guess you heard about the Senate. They got their deal for gun control put together. Senator John Cornyn, he was the guy doing it all for Texas, at least spearheading it. I've got some real problems with part, a huge part of what they're doing. And you will too. We're breaking that down right after this. 
Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a swing. <sighs> ah! Bob? Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. (laughs) Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. While some compromise to be nice, others aggressively hold to the truth. Guess which one we are. TNN, the Truth News Network. James Posey just made a point to me about the electric car, the charging stations. You know how far it is to drive across Texas between Beaumont, Texas, which is right over the Louisiana border with Texas, and then to El Paso? It's 500 miles. (laughs) Now, 500 miles. Now, think about if you stopped. Let's just say they have a charging station at the first rest stop when you're driving west out of Louisiana into Texas. And you go sit there and you wait two hours, however long it takes to refill uh, the electric batteries in your car. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm dumb about the time that it takes. I've heard all kinds of numbers. But anyway, it makes no difference. Five minutes, you fill up your tank with gas now. But even if it's 45 minutes to an hour and a half, think about how many stops it would take just to get enough juice in your battery to get you across Texas on Interstate 10 from Beaumont to El Paso. None of it makes any sense. Are we so stupid that they sell this to us and we just benignly fall in line and say, hey, 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 it's cool. I mean, look at Elon Musk. Look how popular he is. And he is the wealthiest man on the planet. Yeah, he's doing Tesla. That means it's got to be good. Have you spent much time in an electric car? I spent a good bit of time in uh, in Switzerland a few years ago, and I, I used Uber. Uber Black there was either a uh, Mercedes sedan or a big Tesla. That's the first place I ever rode in a Tesla. Let me just tell you this one. The big one, it's nice. It's really nice and very, very powerful. There's no ramp up like there is 
in a gasoline car. When you punch it, it takes a minute to get up to full getting it. The second you hit that accelerator in that Tesla, you're instantaneously at all in, literally. They are really nice. But just being nice is not sufficient to totally destroy an entire process of transportation that was developed over a couple of hundred years. You think? Innovation comes with great thinking and planning. Ideas are just the beginning of anything. I don't care what a great idea it is. If you can't put everything in place to make that idea come to fruition in a way that is better doing the same thing than it was before you got this great idea and put it in place. It's lunacy to even talk about doing that. Here we are. We're headed towards electric energy. <laughs> and, and our leaders don't have a freaking clue what steps to take, and they certainly don't know the process or how long it'll take. So what do they want to do? Well, let's just do a little, let's pull off the interstate here and just make a little quick decision. How about we just uh, we just sell Saudi Arabia and Iran our whole natural gas and oil business? Eh, we're not going to take any more out of the ground in the continental United States. We're going to be environmentally friendly. We're going to be safe. Meanwhile, the other side of the globe continues to get darker every day because of the pollution by China and India, the two biggest polluters on Earth. We're more than any other developed country on earth under Donald Trump every year, we reduced our carbon footprint more than any other country on the planet. And that was while we were producing more energy than anybody else on the planet before Biden got elected. The pieces don't fit. And if the pieces don't fit, it's stupid to continue to beat the drum to try to push something to happen that won't work. There's no efficacy to even believe would be there if we flip the switch. And we can't even flip the switch. Meanwhile, you know what's going on, folks? Today, several billion dollars that should not be being paid for gasoline and diesel will be paid today by Americans because of Joe Biden. Is that enough? I think that's enough. So what's John Cornyn, Senator John Cornyn out of Texas, what's he got going on with this gun law thing? Week before last, I reached out to our congressman, Mike Johnson, who is a Second Amendment guy. Um, and I asked him, hey, look, do you have this, the structure of this, um, this gun bill that the Senate's working on? And he told me, he said, no, we don't have it. And he said, if, it, if it's normal, we probably won't have it for several days. Well, that was two weeks ago. I'm, I haven't heard from him today. But he told me he would immediately reach out to me and come on live and tell you his analysis about what's in it. So we don't have that yet. But we have a little bit of what's in it. And the thing, the number one thing that I told you that was going to scare me to death and a lot of Second Amendment people the same way other Second Amendment people. And that's the red flag portion of this, this bill that's out there. 
So actually what's happening, I got to be honest with you, I like Senator John Cornyn in some of his operations as a Texas senator, but I really don't like this one. It looks to me like these 14 members of the U.S. Senate that are Republicans that are jumping ship and plan on voting for this, they're betraying us conservatives while simultaneously shooting themselves in the foot. They're doing it by embracing so-called red flag laws. Now, what is red flag law? Well, it's a euphemism for the creation of a separate legal system that's designed to target a single class of Americans. Now, who would that be? I've got my hand in the air. You can't see in the studio but I've, I, because I'm one of those. That single class of Americans are legal gun owners. And they're putting in place a very severe penalty if this bill becomes law. What's the penalty? Confiscating guns. That's right. Some Republicans have somehow come to the conclusion that targeting their political base, uh, Second Amendment folks, gun owners like me and you, depriving those Americans of their fundamental constitutional right to keep and bear arms, and by the way, that term, the constitutional right to keep and bear arms, that's not my term. That's what the Supreme Court wrote in an opinion regarding a test of the Second Amendment. It's constitutional. It's good public policy and smart politics. Second Amendment gun rights. And these Republicans are wanting to flip all that, and they're wrong. They are flat wrong. Ten Republican senators as of last night, this morning, we're told four more have announced they're going to reach the framework of an agreement with Democrat leaders for a quote-unquote historic platform of new gun control laws to be rushed through Congress without the benefit of robust hearings or debate. That's the way they do it now, folks. They don't give the American people the context of any bill they, hold, they keep it, they hold it as long as they possibly can. Oh, we don't want them to see it. We don't want them to see it. Nancy Pelosi said it when she presented Obamacare. She had no idea what was in the bill. Not a single person of the 535 that serve in the U.S. Congress had even read the Obamacare bill before it passed. And she laughed in a press briefing after it was passed. She laughed and said, she was asked in this press meeting, did you read what's in the bill? And she said, well, we had to pass the bill before we could find out what's in the bill. <laughs> They're trying and they want to do the same thing with this. Now, let me tell you the evil of the red flag thing. What this does, there are some other little bitty pieces in the structure of this that we've seen. And we haven't seen it yet. I still cannot get it in my hands to get the content to know exactly what it says but we have been told these things are in it it's got some things that are very sketchy regarding background investigations now let me make it clear I am for background investigations for everybody and it doesn't matter to me if it's at a gun show or if it's buying from a retailer or if it's buying from your brother-in-law I get the reasoning for feeling there needs to be a background investigation in those cases. I get that. 
I've got a problem with it, but it's something that I understand would keep hardened criminals, well, it's supposed to, keep hardened criminals, people that have a record, people that have on record mental and emotional problems, keeping them from getting a gun legally in their hands. But here's the caveat that just blows all that up, every bit of it up. My second pet peeve with the Biden administration, and this is a carryover because it's the Justice Department, the FBI, and it trickles down to state and local law officials. We get all these stats every weekend about the shootings and the murders around the nation in our big cities. This many people shot. This many people died. These people have been arrested. They never give us the statistics on the guns, the weapons that were used, even in the case of where there's not a shooting, where there's a store robbery or a break-in. We never get told what was the source of the guns that were used, how many of them were purchased legally. And I've asked several people, I have a good friend in the FBI, I asked him and he said it's a very, very small number of guns that are purchased legally or used in these events. In other words, they're either stolen, they're bought illegally, or they're bought from other people, gun runners from other countries. Many of those weapons come across both our northern border and our southern border. In other words, we're not enforcing the rule of law. We're not enforcing the law that is supposed to keep people from buying guns who are felons or have criminal records. And it's not happening. So now we're up to 14 of these Republicans. The red flag laws. You have the registry, and we're told over and over and over again, oh, there's no list the government has that shows every gun, every gun owner that has bought their gun legally at Dick Sporting Goods or Walmart. There's no such a list. There is. The ATF, BATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, they have that list. Every application that has come through, people wanting to buy a gun legally, not only do they know who is getting those guns, they have the serial numbers in the make of the guns. This all comes into play when we start talking about red flag laws. I'm not the only person that feels strongly this way. Matt Walsh in Congress, he's one. I mean, he's all over this because he's a Second Amendment guy, as am I. The reason the Second Amendment was put in the Constitution was simply to remind the federal government the private ownership and use of guns is held unilaterally. The right for that is held by the American people. And it's not so that we can have guns to stand up besides our military anytime we're invaded by a foreign foe and keep our families safe in that scenario. That's not what it's about. Our forefathers made it very clear. We want the people to have the right to own and keep guns just in case the government decides they're going to go after the citizens of this nation. So what this red flag, what most of this stuff that is doing in any kind of gun control law is giving more power, taking more power away from the people and giving it to the federal government. So these red flag laws passed. Now, we were told 
red flag is a part of this, but it's not giving just total blanket authority to the government. Listen to what they're doing. They're including financial incentives for states to include red flag laws in their legislation. In other words, they're willing to pay state governments to steal the private gun rights of citizens in these states using money to do it. So what would that mean? Okay, federal government, they know how many guns I own. I've got a bunch of guns. I've never bought one illegally. So they're all in that ATF list. Say they get a beef with Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org or TNN Live. And I know we're monitored. We're out there. We're monitored. How do I know we're monitored? Hey, our podcast is on Google every day. So you know they're monitoring us. How we haven't been kicked off yet is beyond me. Because we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast after the fact. And a bunch of them get them from Google. In fact, that's the number two source. Apple Podcast is the biggest source. All that being said, somebody gets a beef with me. I'm a legal Second Amendment owner, gun owner, and also a concealed carry permit holder. They get a beef with me. It may be legitimate. It may not be. And let's say this person is has a brother-in-law that's uh, a cop or a detective or maybe even in politics. And they know that I have some guns. In fact, the government knows I have some guns. That spooks me. And I wish they didn't, but they do. They know what kind of gun I have. And so this guy reaches out to his friend in government and says, you know this Dan Newman guy, this Truth News Network he, he's, he's crazy and he's got guns and I'm not sure but I've heard that he has made some physical threats against some people in his neighborhood you probably ought to check this out so that works its way through the legal system and it gets to a sheriff or it gets to a police chief or God forbid it gets to a federal prosecutor in a town in which I live. And we have a federal prosecutor in a district federal court office here in Shreveport, Louisiana. I happen to know who the federal prosecutor is and that prosecutor knows me, but just say they didn't. But somebody tells them, you know, this guy's crazy. Well, we, we need to go check him out. So how do you check somebody out with that? Well, if you convince somebody in law enforcement that I am demented maybe or possibly a threat, they then have access to go look at the registry and see what guns I have in my home. Oh my gosh, he's got a riot shotgun. He's got two Glock 40s. He's got a Glock 9mm. And he's got one of those evil assault weapons, weapons of war, an AR-15. And I'm just using gun names. I'm not telling you I have those. But it sounds ominous, doesn't it? Well, they need to go check me out. So with these red flag laws, excuse me, they have the right to do just that. They knock on my door. I answer the door. Maybe it's in the middle of the night. Maybe it's in the afternoon. I don't know. 
Mr. Newman, I'm so-and-so with the Department of uh, Justice, and we have a complaint. We need to come in and examine your guns and make sure your guns are legal and make sure there are no problems. Honestly, folks, if it happened, that exact thing happened to me. I really don't know how I would respond. I think I would respond peaceably. But I guarantee you, even if I responded peaceably, I would be very upset because I would consider what they're doing a violation of my Second Amendment rights, and I would let them know that. It would probably denigrate at some point and get kind of ugly. I could give you right now an example of this exact thing actually happening. A new family moved into a subdivision. And they met a neighbor that lived not next door, but a couple of houses down and the conversation came up and they started talking about politics and got into the second amendment. And this new neighbor found out this neighbor, two houses down has a bunch of guns and is an avid gun owner goes and shoots all the time at the range is a real big second amendment advocate. And they have a few drinks get together and be, begin to start talking and this gun owner guy, he actually, he brags about what he would do if law enforcement came after him and tried to take his guns away. Those guys, those guys are in that conversation, the guy that the gun owner said these things. On Monday morning, the other guy picks up the phone and calls the sheriff and tells him these people two doors down from me are threatening us They're threatening law enforcement. They got a bunch of guns. You better check them out. That same night, they stormed the house of the gun owner. They didn't identify themselves. They didn't have on identifying clothing. It was one of those black head-to-toe kind of things in the middle of the night. Both the mom and the dad were legal gun owners when they were seeing people coming into their front door into their home with guns. They both had guns in their hands and they began to shoot at these people. They shot back. Both of them were killed. Actually happened because of a red flag law. Now, is that taking it too far? Let me ask you this. You live in the same country that I do, most of you. We have people listening today from Australia and New Zealand. I'm not talking to you. You've got your own gun issues down there and our heart goes out to you. But if something like that happened to you, how would you respond? You would get upset, you'd get angry, you'd get mad. It was unnecessary. Let me just say this. There already is a process that would take care of this exact situation. A very peaceful phone call, a little get together, Somebody coming and making sure there's no problem there, that what they were told was from somebody that just moved into the neighborhood and they heard part of a conversation just to make sure it's okay. If there are people that have mental problems, real mental problems, and people see that there could be a real big problem happen, some shooting, somebody get killed, report them, see something, say something. But here is the scary thing that is almost inevitable if any of this red flag law stuff 
materializes. At some point, the government, your government, my government, they are going to have arbitrary unilateral authority in law, federal law, that says they have the right to look up and see what your Second Amendment ownership pieces are and that they have the right if somebody says they're just a little bit intimidated by you to come to your house and demand a sit down to see your weapons and to even confiscate them. In a world gone mad, telling the truth is a bold move. Your anchor in this sea of chaos is TNN, the Truth News Network. The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. Walk, crawl, or lollygag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of AA Duracell batteries, was $4.79, now just $2.99. But act now or later, because these Staples everyday price cuts will be around for a really, really long time. Price cuts, like a two-pack of Scotch Magic Tape, previously $4.79, now just $2.99. And Scotch Packaging Tape, now just $2.29 for today, tomorrow, and pretty much every day till the cows come home. But don't hurry. These everyday price cuts are indefinite. To repeat, these prices will last. So stop by your nearest Staples whenever it's convenient, and take advantage of these normal, continuing, everyday price cuts. Thank you. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Let me tell you how innovative people here at TNN Live are. During the break, I got an email from New Zealand. (laughs) And attached to it was an article that includes the nuts and bolts about the United States citizen bipartisan bill for gun control that is about to be considered. So I've got it in my never-before-nicotine-stained hands. Let's just give a a little look-see. And we'll move on pretty quickly. In this bill, sections 932 and 033 contained the heightened straw purchase and gun trafficking penalties. And those are good. Straw purchase means my buddy's a a criminal, so he can't pass the uh, investigation that is required to buy a gun legally. So he gives me money, and I buy it and give him the gun. The straw purchase section 932 says, it shall be unlawful for any person to knowingly purchase or conspire to purchase any firearm in or otherwise affecting interstate or foreign commerce for, on behalf of, or at the request or demand of any other person, knowing or having possible cause to believe that such other person is prohibited from making the purchase for themselves. Straw purchases, by the way, were banned a long time ago before the Senate's bipartisan agreement was even announced. ATF Form 4473, The paper portion of a firearm purchase background check uses question one 
to make clear that straw purchases are allowable. Question one from the form ask, are you actual transferee by E of the firearms listed on this form and any continuation sheets? Warning, you are not the actual transfer e-buyer if you are acquiring the firearm on behalf of another person. If you are not the actual transfer e-buyer, the license cannot transfer, the licensee cannot transfer the firearm to you. And then that gun trafficking section 933, it's much the same in that it presents a penalty for selling guns to individuals who are otherwise barred from having them. But here's the deal. Look at the gun mass shootings that have created this uproar that we're talking about today. Do you know that in the citizens, the Senate's bipartisan gun control bill, there are no gun controls within it that have anything to do with the shooting at Evaldi, Buffalo, New York, Parkland in South Florida, Las Vegas, or Orlando. It wouldn't impacted a single one of these shootings, mass shootings that we're talking about. So why are we doing this? Because it makes people feel warm and fuzzy, like they really care. And oh, by the way, included in this bipartisan gun control bill is billions of dollars of federal money, principally being thrown at the mental health section of this, which no one credibly can argue. That's not important. We need to make sure nobody that has emotional problems of any kind has easy access to a gun. So how is what they are doing now, how is it going to help things? I just don't know. Enough of all of that. Let's talk about the Democrats. Let's talk about Democrats in elections and stuff going on around us right now. The warning signs are out there. Democrats know it even if they don't want to admit it. Their party is in deep doo-doo coming up November. And yet they're still doubling down on wokeism. When they do that, they're alienating half of us. They're being poor stewards of the economy. They're choosing white liberals over blacks and Hispanics. And they're doing this. They think they're doing it and it's not impacting anybody negatively. Maybe they think... Hispanics and blacks are too stupid to recognize what's going on, which is, go ahead and think that, but it's not true. In the Los Angeles mayoral primary, businessman Rick Caruso, who is a registered Democrat, and he's running on Republican policies, he advanced to a runoff with Karen Bass. Karen Bass is a black progressive Democrat and former member of the U.S. Congress. With endorsements from some in Hollywood and a large war chest, Caruso looks like he's going to become L.A.'s next mayor. In Cuyahoga County, Ohio, which is where Cleveland's located, there's a competitive race for county executive. So with a constituency of over 1.2 million in that county, the county executive's relevance is second only to the governor in the state in a blue county that has never had a Republican county executive and hasn't voted for a Republican for president since Richard Nixon. Oh my gosh, in 1972. The Republican in this race, Lee Weingart, 
is out raising campaign dollars of his opponent, Chris Ronane, who's the Democrat. Just this past Tuesday, the Rio Grande caused a political earthquake by sending Mara Flores to Congress. She's Texas's first Mexican-born congresswoman and just became the first Republican to represent her district in more than a century. And if all this wasn't enough, look at San Francisco, one of the most liberal cities in America. They sent Chesa Boudin, Baudouin, however, B-O-U-D-I-N, their district attorney. He's ultra-woke, soft on crime, is a prosecutor. They kicked him out of office. His defeat was even more pronounced in areas with large populations of these minorities. We're looking around. A lot of the bodies that are stacking up, whether from fentanyl or from violent assaults from folks who should not have been on our streets, are people of color. That's Andrea Shorter, the spokesperson for Safer San Francisco Without Baudouin. There's this romantic notion of what being a progressive means compared to the reality of policies that are not having a positive impact on our lives. When there are open-air drug markets in the Tenderloin, well, who's getting hurt by that? We're all getting hurt, but it's mostly people of color that are hurt. I haven't heard anybody go down this road talking about this, but it really bothers me. It's indisputable that the Democrat Party has gone too far, way too far to the left. And in doing that, they've passed over the majority of the members in their party, especially minority members. They're alienating formerly loyal constituencies and becoming antithema to the rest of the country. Some of them seem to get it. On CNN, for example, Van Jones, of all people, he warned of about Democrats saying weird stuff like Latinx and BIPOC, BIPOC, showing how disconnected they are from average Americans. Vance said this, we're in danger of becoming a party of the very high and the very low. If you pull out the working class, you have people who are very well educated and very well off. Those people talk funny, Latinx. I've never met a Latinx, he said. I've never met a BIPOC. This weird stuff that these highly educated people say is bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barber shop, at the nail salon, the grocery store, the community center. But that's how everybody talks now. What does BIPOC mean? B-I-P-O-C. Oh, I get it. I just got a text. Bi means bisexual. P-O-C means person of color. A bisexual person of color. Why do we have to put a label on everybody? (laughs) Next, they're going to be telling us we've got a BIPOC L and a BIPOC right, which would be the difference of a bisexual person of color that's left or right-handed. It's that crazy. There are a bunch of Democrats that still don't get this. People like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez foolishly insinuated it was racist to make juvenile criminal records accessible for a background check for gun buyers who are under the age 21. That's racist. We finally have a bipartisan compromise, supposedly is going to address these horrific school shootings, and progressives are complaining the bill isn't woke enough. 
Average Americans see all this. Democrats have been playing with fire, reverting back to the hyper-liberalism that locked them out of the presidency for three terms during the Reagan era. Now it's combined with arrogant, self-righteous, judgmental, and preachy wokeism. Voters are responding accordingly. The primaries show it. And the closer we get to November, we're going to see the polls go off the charts, away from people who are hardcore leftist progressives to people who are more moderate, more down the middle. And as more and more facts come out about all of the things that are on our table today that are just devouring our thought time, as more of those things get out of the marketplace, more and more Democrats are going to be headed towards getting beat by real conservatives. So have you heard what Joe Biden's fix is? And we opened the show talking about gasoline, oil drilling, the Biden administration trying to outsource our energy production to Saudi Arabia and to Iran and to other countries around the world, even to Venezuela. We heard about that. What's Biden's plan? What's Joe Biden, the president of the United States? What's he going to do? You've already heard him reach out, diminish, demean the CEOs of our fossil fuel companies just telling them, hey, I'm going to make you start drilling, which he can't do, by the way. Biden is feckless. He will not do anything on his own to help the American people. He won't do it. Why? I have no idea. But he's come up with a plan. And what he's about to do is make Congress do it. Breaking news for the Biden administration in the last hour aimed at hopefully easing some of the pain at the gas pump. Eamon Javers joining us now with more. Eamon, good morning. Good morning to you, Brian. President Biden is going to propose that Congress end that gas tax through the course of this summer, resuming it in September, so that busy summer driving months will have no gas tax, according to the Biden plan. Here's what we know as of right now. The president is going to call for Congress to suspend the federal gas and diesel taxes for three months, that is, until September. Uh, He's going to be requesting that states suspend gas taxes or find similar relief. And he's asking industry to put what the White House calls their record profits to work uh, and not to absorb any benefit that they get from any gas gas tax holiday. Uh, He's also calling on retailers to promptly lower their prices. Remember, it's an 18.4 cent per gallon on gas. It's a 24 cent per gallon on diesel. Uh, So that's a pretty hefty tax that would be coming off under this plan. Uh, The president's also calling for no effect here on the highway trust fund. And the White House officials briefing reporters yesterday said they think they can do that because, remember, there's been this pretty enormous surplus of tax revenue coming into the government. They say they can repurpose some of that revenue and put it back into the highway tax fund. Of course, the gas taxes go into the highway trust fund, which benefits infrastructure programs around the country. Without that revenue, there would be some worry that you'd have a lot of potholes to fill. Uh, The Biden administration says they have a plan for that. But remember, the president here is calling for Congress to do something. He's not doing it himself. He doesn't have the power to do 
do it, do it himself. Taxation, that's a power of Congress. So we'll see whether he has the votes up on Capitol Hill to do that. Uh, some skepticism has been expressed up on Capitol Hill about this. Republicans don't necessarily want to bail the president out of a political problem. There are some Democrats, progressives, uh, who might not like this as well. So we'll see whether there's a coalition on Capitol Hill to do what the president is going to be calling for. We'll see him later on this afternoon talking about this uh, on television, guys. Back over to you. So, Joe Biden, he's got the cure. He's going to ask Congress to suspend the 18 cents per gallon for federal gas tax, 18 cents a gallon. Peter Lloyd is listening this morning from uh, California. His family lives in Santa Barbara. Reason I bring that up is California and gasoline and 18 cents a gallon reduction. Uh, his family lives in Santa Barbara. I'm guessing now they're paying seven bucks a gallon for gas. This gas thing that Joe Biden would do, oh my gosh, instead of $7 a gallon, they'll only be paying $6.82 a gallon for gas. And it's temporary. This is not leadership. We need somebody, I don't care who it is, we need somebody in Congress that's a real leader in both houses, two individuals in the Senate, in the House. We need somebody in the White House that's a real leader. We need somebody in the FBI that's a real leader, somebody as the Attorney General that's a real leader. We need real leadership in our nation, and we ain't getting it. They're doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on stupid and expecting different results. It never happens that way. Look at what's going on today, Wednesday, in Germany. Germany, oh my gosh, they're economically there and environmentally, they're way ahead of the United States. They're way more enlightened than we are over here, those stupid Yanks. We're the green energy folks, renewable energy. So what did they do? Well, they quit making their own stuff. And they outsource their energy production, especially on natural gas, to Russia. Now, guess what's going on now in Germany? They are being forced to burn more coal. Ooh, why are they burning more coal, that nasty carbon energy stuff, you know? It's because Russia dramatically reduced the country's supply of natural gas. They announced this. They're going to be forced to remove, uh, be, to rely more heavily on coal for electricity because of Russia. This has left the Central European state in a big, big, bad situation regarding energy security. And that predicament was predicted by somebody across the pond from them, by somebody who's not in any position of authority now. Who would that be? Donald Trump predicted it for Germany back in 2018. But why? The country was overly reliant on energy exports provided by Moscow. Now, this Saudi Arabia-Iranian thing that it looks like Joe's trying to peddle our energy use to, it would be the same thing there. They get hacked off at D.C., what do they do? Ah, we're going to raise the price. And instead of paying $5 a gallon, we're going to raise the price so Americans will have to pay $9 a gallon. And if we give them sole source of doing that, we have no alternative. There's nothing we can do.
Now, back when Trump said this in 2018, people laughed at him. MSNBC, CNN, they just laughed at him. He's been vindicated. Deutsche Welle, an outlet, news outlet in Germany, on Sunday reported the seismic reduction in the amount of gas being supplied by Russia has left Germany facing their own energy crisis. As a result, Germany will now be forced to ration gas while increasing its reliance on coal, which is the absolute uncleanest source for fuel, coal. And they're going to have to do it so they can generate their own electricity. And then there's President Biden and his push for the electric vehicles. He's got a problem. There's a brand new law that prevents supplies from China for electric vehicles and other green energy products from even entering the U.S. That halts the Biden administration priority. The Uyghurs, those Chinese Muslims, they're in, uh, I don't know what you call them. They're camps, but I don't know. They're not prison camps, but anyway, they're in these camps, millions of them. And they're involved in forced labor. Well, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, our Prevention Act, requires proof that any products coming from Xinjiang, one of the main sources of products that are crucial in making batteries, are free from forced labor. Now, this is the New York Times reporting this this morning. The law goes into effect next week. Biden is pushing to make at least 50% of vehicles emission-free by 2030. The White House stated in a press release they think they can do it even quicker than that. Xinjiang is reportedly expanding to different areas in China where Uyghurs live. The expansion has allowed Xinjiang to acquire new deposits as the company is involved in providing many companies with electric products. The Biden administration, they're facing obstacles everywhere they look in its electric vehicle initiative, including cratering revenues among auto manufacturers. Ford saw a 5% decline in revenue, a $5.4 billion loss in their first quarter after they invested in the production of electric vehicles. A number of states, including New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, and Montana, are criticizing Biden's plans for electric vehicle charging stations. If you were to look at any electric vehicle battery, there would be some involvement from China. That's Daisy Jennings Gray, who's a senior analyst at Benchmark Mineral Intelligence. And the New York Times published this. We're getting battery materials from China. Forced labor, slave labor. And Biden and his minions think that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Oh my gosh. Well, there is some news coming out of January 6th. There's no news coming out of the committee hearing that was held yesterday. Same old sad song, bad orange man, evil Trump. Remember Adam Schiff predicted that in the hearing yesterday, they had uncontroverted proof that Donald Trump aggressively tried and 
forced or attempted to force electors at the state level, those electoral college voters, to change their vote, which would be illegal. He said on Sunday, we have the evidence it will come out. Guess what? No evidence came out. But something has come out about what happened on January 6th. New York Times doesn't have it. Washington Post doesn't have it. Truth News Network does. I have it for you next. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and I'm teaming up with Turtle Wax this summer to make sure your rides are clean, shiny, protected, and even disinfected. Because whether you're hitting the streets or heading out on the highway to the beach, Turtle Wax will make sure your vehicle is looking, smelling, and feeling amazing. Turtle Wax is the only brand that I trust with my fleet of supercars. And y'all know how many cars I keep in my garage, right? Check out TurtleWax.com to learn more and be sure to buy now at TurtleWax.com or anywhere you shop for car care. And now back to John with the weather. Yes, Andy. Tonight, a big storm. Storm this! Get the soccer offer from Pizza Hut and Pepsi. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Yes, a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Don't miss the Pizza Hut and Pepsi soccer offer. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. What about the weather, Andy? Don't resist and call 19,000 now. Shop at H&M. Be stylish. Be trendy. With women's clothes and accessories at the best quality and the best prices since 1947. Come to H&M and shop for women's clothing and accessories inspired by the latest fashion trends. Here at H&M, the master of cheap fashion, clothes cost the average price of $21.40. Wow, that's so cheap and affordable. I know, right? H&M offers fashion and quality clothing at an affordable price. So, what are you waiting for? Come shop at H&M today! Hashtag Hot and Modern Enrique Santos for Taco Bell. The toasted cheddar chalupa from Taco Bell is back, and I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing. Did they really toast six-month-old aged cheddar right onto a delicious flaky chalupa shell again? Yes, they did, but now it's even tastier. It comes with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink, all in a $5 box. That's right, all that for just a little cheddar. But don't forget, it's back for a limited time. The $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa Box, only at Taco Bell. CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN. An alphabet soup of lies, myths, and disinformation. For real nutrition, you need a full plate of truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Oh, there's no big deal. What I'm about to tell you, it's no big deal. Those big networks and newspapers, they just pass over this because, uh, you know, it, it, it wouldn't change anything. There is growing speculation that federal agents and Capitol Police were involved in instigating some of those acts of violence, January 6, 2021 protests, and recording responses for the purposes of entrapment. Evidence Listen to this. Evidence now proves that plain clothes members of a special electronic surveillance unit, that's called ESU, were embedded among the protesters for the purposes of conducting video surveillance. Evidence also points to a day of security deficiencies and police provocation for the purpose of entrapment. 
According to a report, First Amendment demonstrations issued January 3rd of this year by Chief of Police Robert Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department, Homeland Security Bureau Special Ops Division obtained exclusively by Epoch Times, the Metropolitan Police Department began to activate Civil Disturbance Unit platoons on January 4th, two days before the insurrection. Full activation of 28 platoons was scheduled to occur on the following two days. So this comes, what I'm about to tell you, comes from the Department of Justice website. Quote, a CDU is composed of law enforcement officers who are trained to respond to protest, demonstrations, and civil disturbances for the purpose of preventing violence, destruction of property, and unlawful interference with persons' exercises, their rights under law. Now, the objective of Metropolitan Police Department was to assist, we are told, assist with the safe execution of any First Amendment demonstration and ensure the safety of the participants, public, and the officers. CDU personnel and Special Ops Division members were to monitor for any demonstration and or violent activity and respond accordingly. Well, there's been a bunch of speculation that federal agents and Capitol Police were involved in instigating acts of violence during the protest and doing that to entrap people. Steve Burke Baker, photojournalist, he's been on our show three times. He was there that day. I've seen reams of his video that he took, and it showed this very thing happening over and over again. And as he reported back in October last year, Steve Baker Multiple surveillance videos show masked men opening up doors to the Capitol building and allowing protesters, in fact, waving them to come into the building. In fact, one video shows them entering while Capitol Police officers simply stand around. Yet today, we have no idea who these men are. On a December 7, 2021 episode of Tucker Carlson Tonight, the attorney for several of the January 6 prisoners, Joseph McBride, identified one man tagged on the internet by so-called sedition hunters as red-faced 45. The man was dressed in red from head to toe with even his face painted red. He appears in a video engaging in continuous dialogue with uninformed personnel and others whom McBride insists are agents embedded in the crowd. McBride said the man is clearly a law enforcement officer. He passes out weapons, sledgehammers, poles, bottles of mace. Some of those things came in contact with some of the other protesters who have subsequently been charged with possessing dangerous weapons and are using dangerous weapons at the Capitol. That is clearly, by definition in federal law, that's entrapment. That's the government creating conditions of dangerousness and entrapping members of the crowd to possess weapons and possibly use them for reasons we can't even comprehend. And then on January 13th last year, Michael Waller, who was a senior analyst for strategy at the Center for Security Policy, published a firsthand account of what he saw. By the way, 
Walter Waller is also president of Georgetown Research, a political risk and private intelligence company in D.C., was founding editorial board member of NATO's peer-reviewed defense strategic communications journal. He's convinced people were embedded in the crowd to execute an organized operation planned well in advance of the January 6th joint session of Congress. According to Waller, a covert group of people were scattered throughout the crowd purposely and specifically to encourage people toward the Capitol, including fake Trump protesters he suspected were Antifa wearing Trump or MAGA hats backwards. Senior federal law enforcement officials refused to answer questions about that Arizona man named Ray Epps we've talked about on this show several times. He was captured on video the day before the rally wearing a Trump hat, repeatedly encouraging protesters to go into the Capitol the next day. Many of those people were suspicious of him. Chants of fed, 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 drown him out. On January 6th, he's seen telling the crowd, we're going to the Capitol where all of our problems are. Epps is also seen standing before a bike rack barricade, whispering into the ear of a protester wearing his Trump hat backwards. Moments later, that same man is joined by others in tearing down the barricade. Epps is then seen running with a crowd toward the Capitol building Despite the evidence, Epps has not had any charges filed against him. And his photo has been removed from the government's list of most wanted people from the event. There there are way too many examples of this just to keep going. But there's proof out there now. This was... Yeah, it was more than just a basic uh, protest. It evolved. But there are a lot of moving parts and a bunch of people that were planted there purposely to ramp up the emotions of these conservatives that were there to express their belief that that election wasn't fair and they wanted their representatives, they wanted people in Washington, D.C. and Congress to know the American people are on to that. We may never know the facts of this whole thing, but the facts are out there. And the facts say something ain't right. We're not going to dwell on it because that is probably the worst thing that we can do but we are not going to rest until we get to the bottom of this and find out who and what and why all this stuff happened on January the 6th and for what purposes. Up in Oregon, you know, that's the state where they've just legalized drugs, period. I mean, you can do, you don't get, you don't get arrested for possession of, use of, and their state is falling apart. Authorities seized 8 tons of marijuana, 17,704 marijuana plants, 4 unlawfully obtained weapons, a large cache of U.S. currency, and an illegal growing operation linked to China and Chinese cartels. In Oregon, folks, 
This was on June 14th, and it had all the hallmarks of a cartel operation. Law enforcement also discovered technology linked to the Chinese government. The operation had processing equipment that came from China. That means at some point the equipment had to go through the government to be exported to the U.S. The weapons, by the way, those C's were pretty significant themselves. The AR-15 models were equipped with red dots, military-grade equipment we don't normally see in privately owned weapons. And this bust was the result of a two-year investigation. So we have fentanyl flooding across our southern border. We also found a huge treasure trove of fentanyl that came in through Canada. And we are getting almost every week in one big group, we are seeing almost one time every week the capture of enough fentanyl that initiated in China and is trafficked through the United States coming in through the work of those Mexican drug cartels and China's paying them to do it to get it in the United States more, far more than enough to kill every American on earth. This is happening in the Biden administration, by the way. We haven't had any uh, COVID-19 news of late that we felt like we needed to talk to you about. But there's some out there. And it has to do with our administration. (laughs) That's straight ahead at TNN. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are Sunmate's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmate's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, The fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car. But when something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely, no. That's why I have CarShield, and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. CarShield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit carshield.com. Use the promo code iHeart to save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code iHeart. Deductible may apply. You know what's amazing to me? We're we're what? 3 years, 2 and a half years into a COVID-19 world. Our lives changed dramatically they'll never be the same since COVID-19 the pandemic it's it all began and we haven't gotten all the facts out there yet in fact many of the things in fact most of the things that were portrayed to us as being factual about it we're finding out 
every few days. Ah, that wasn't the truth. That wasn't the truth. We were lied to or grossly misrepresented to us. Dr. Ashish Jha, who was the White House's COVID-19 response coordinator, said yesterday that, quote, there have not been any serious side effects of any of the COVID-19 vaccines. I can't believe anybody would say that. I don't, I don't think that there's a person in the United States across the board that doesn't understand. Not only are there some serious side effects for vaccine use, it's huge how many there are. There is a well-documented risk of myocarditis, enlargement of the heart from the COVID vaccine, especially in young men and also adolescent boys, and an elevated risk of clotting in young women with the Moderna vaccine. That's Dr. Jay Bhattachara, a professor of medicine at Stanford University. It's not right for government scientific advisors to downplay any of the documented risk of the vaccine because it's ultimately undermining confidence in public health. Of course, the White House didn't say anything. Dr. Jha, who recently took a post with the Biden administration and is on a break from being dean of the Brown University School of Public Health, was on a media tour two days ago promoting COVID vaccination for children younger than five. That in itself is an enigma to me. Plainly, folks, five-year-old kids don't get COVID. And because we know there are massive adverse effects from all three of the vaccines that are being used and have been in the U.S. Why in the heck would we jab a five-year-old? The FDA authorized Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines for young children last week. And the CDC recommended that virtually every child who's now eligible get one of the vaccines. Ja said the steps happened because the data on the vaccines were quite compellingly clear. I've seen the data, and they're not compellingly clear. And that the vaccines were both safe and effective, even though major questions have arisen ha ha, about their safety and their efficacy. Dr. Ja said, it's really reassuring to know that for young kids, these vaccines are exceedingly safe. Children in Moderna's trial. Let's talk about the trial on these babies, these kids. Children in Moderna's trial were more likely to suffer a severe adverse event after vaccine than after getting a placebo. While more vaccinated volunteers in Pfizer's trial experienced severe COVID cases, when compared to the placebo group, which means the placebo group in both cases, those are people that thought they were vaccinated, but they weren't. The shot they got wasn't of Moderna or Pfizer vaccines. The phrase safe and effective has become meaningless, can no longer be trusted. It's been hijacked by commercial interest. A more accurate phrase would be buyer beware. That's from Kim Widzak, a drug safety advocate who started a group called Woody Matters. Dr. Jha also said the vaccines are doing an extraordinary job at keeping kids out of the hospital. Well, that appears to be the case early, early on in the pandemic. It's not so much now. 
Example, effectiveness against hospitalization was just 22% after 60 days among 12 to 15-year-olds who got the Pfizer vaccine. Now that's from the CDC. Just 22%. It was ineffective. In 78% of them, folks, other studies show higher effectiveness, but it's unclear whether the vaccines are doing an extraordinary job. There's also no clinical evidence that the vaccines will shield against severe COVID cases in these five-year-old and under young children. And yet they're out there touting it. What is the obsession by all of these government medical bureaucrats to get every American, not just vaccinated, but double and triple vaxxed, double booster vaxxed? What is the rush to get that done? It's not because of the disease. I mean, look around. Infections and deaths are virtually at zero. We have our suspicions, but we don't deal in suspicions here. Just be careful, especially when it comes to your babies. Be careful. Make sure anything that you give them is going to make them better or be better for them than not getting it, whatever it is. So as usual on the weekend, Joe Biden, the president, went to Delaware, spent a little time on Rehoboth Beach, and as he was strolling down the beach, a reporter asked, the president, if he agrees with economists who believe a recession is even more likely now than ever. And of course, Joe Biden, <laughs> he popped off. <laughs> a majority aren't saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. But all kidding aside, no, I don't think it is. I was talking to Larry Summers this morning. And there is nothing inevitable about a recession. I think we'll be able to do it. I think we'll be able to get a change in Medicare and a reduction in the cost of insulin. Now, where the heck did that come from? <laughs> what does that have to do about recession? We're going to get a change in Medicare and a reduction in the cost of insulin? Biden said we can also move in direction that we can provide for tax increase in tax taxes on those in the corporate area, as well as the individuals as it relates to Trump's tax cut, which is inflationary. That was the president of the United States. I'm going to, I'm going to read the paragraph word for word that he said on the beach. Quote, I was talking to Larry Summers this morning, and there is nothing inevitable about a recession. I think we'll be able to do it. I think we'll be able to get a change in Medicare and a reduction in the cost of insulin. We can also move in a direction that we can provide for tax increase in tax, taxes on those in the corporate area as well as the individuals as it relates to Trump's tax cut, which is inflationary. That's the president. Now, Larry Summers. We played Larry Summers either two days ago. It may have been last Friday. And Larry Summers, former Biden-Obama economist, said this, quote, there is certainly a risk of serious recession in the next year. 
So I guess Joe said he talked to Larry this morning. That would be yesterday. I guess maybe Larry lied to the president or he lied to whoever else he said there is certainly a risk of recession in the next year. A report from the Wall Street Journal said economists expect the likelihood of a recession to be 44% within the next year. And then there's Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She expects the economy to slow, she said, but that does not, she does not think a recession is at all inevitable. Clearly, she said, inflation is unacceptably high. It's President Biden's top priority to bring it down. Yeah, right. And meanwhile, do you remember all the pontificating we heard? Those evil parents storming these school board meetings, complaining because their kids were being taught critical race theory. They didn't want their kids being taught that. And over and over and over again at every level, the national school board association, school board districts at the state level, at the county and parish level, at the local level, we're not teaching. Nobody's teaching critical race theory. It doesn't even exist. It's just a theory. Well, guess who is teaching it and got busted? The U.S. Army is teaching it at West Point. Documents were uncovered through a Freedom of Information Act request. Judicial Watch President Tom Fenton said in a press release, Our military is under attack from within. These documents show racist, anti-American, critical race theory propaganda is being used to try to radicalize our rising generation of Army leadership at West Point. Fitton said that the material was obtained as part of a request for documents related to the instruction of cadets. Judicial Watch got over 600 pages of documents from two lawsuits that were levied after the Defense Department didn't comply with the legally binding request for those documents. Those documents show that the Army officers in training are getting lessons on critical race theory which included lessons on addressing whiteness as well as the application of critical race theory when answering questions. In order to understand racial inequality and slavery, it is first necessary to address whiteness. That was on a slide. The slide goes on to claim that whiteness is a location of structural advantage, of racial privilege, is a standpoint or place from which white people look at themselves and the rest of society and refers to a set of cultural practices that are usually unmarked and unnamed. Do you think affirmative action creates an environment for reverse discrimination? One question read. Use critical race theory to support your answer. What is the difference between desegregation versus integration. Another question from a slide titled Conundrums of Integration. How would you apply a tenet of critical race theory to this idea? So, (laughs) West Point. West Point, teaching our Army officers to be. Teaching them using critical race theory to do so. That's actually happening. That's a fact. How much more 
of this crud is there out there that we don't even know about? There's so much chaos in our government. There is so much going on that is evil, that is just, it's just not plain right. And we don't get it. We don't understand why our government would even be considering to do this. For instance, workforce diversity. Every big major corporation is pretty much blackmailed into creating and installing real diversity training and using all of the wokeness stuff, whiteness and everything you can roll in. So a bunch of Americans were asked what they think about it. Less than a third, only 29% of Americans think that workforce diversity efforts are even improving race relations at all, even as the equity and inclusion industry is going to see billions of dollars in growth this year and next year. A survey of 1,000 American adults on May 31st and June 5th found that 33% think workforce diversity efforts make race relations worse. 26% say promoting diversity at work doesn't make much of a difference in race relations. 13% are unsure. 65% believe it's likely diversity efforts at companies result in racial and or gender quotas. That includes 35% who think it's very likely diversity efforts lead to hiring quotas. 20% don't think diversity efforts are going to result in racial or gender quotas. 16% aren't sure. In other words, folks, it's happening. It is happening out there. Critical race theory has been being taught, is being taught, and anybody that says otherwise is just being plain dishonest. It's happening. And just because somebody thinks and says that it's not happening and expect everybody to just sign off and and agree just because somebody says it. We're living in a world where reality, we are being taught and more and more people are adopting this mantra every day that truthfulness, reality, Facts can be morphed and manipulated to mean something else. It doesn't matter how they are misrepresented, how grossly inadequate explanations are for some of the outcomes people are talking about. And there's a lot of that going. I mean a buttload of that going on. It doesn't matter how much of it there is. Just because somebody says it so, That doesn't make it so, folks. And we all need to remember that. We all have to live our own lives. We do. And as we do that, we must understand. Sometimes we think things are there. We think things are right. And sometimes they're not. And accepting that is, um, that's just one little stop on the road of creating and living in an environment where we don't have to worry about being tricked. 
we don't necessarily have to just believe what somebody who we think is smart tells us. We don't have to do that. And it's stupid to do that. By the way, in the uh, primaries that happened yesterday, candidates backed by Donald Trump won primary races in Virginia, also in the Alabama Senate runoff, but ran into trouble again in Georgia. Both Trump-endorsed candidates lost their nomination bids. And so what's the standing now for Trump endorsements? 133 to 10. In other words, he's made 143 endorsements. 133 of those he endorsed in primary races won. 10 did not. Trump Republican Katie Britt, she secured the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate in Alabama, beating out Republican Representative Mo Brooks. Britt wrote a late Trump endorsement to victory, which came on June 10th after the initial primary race. And she's very, very, very popular in Alabama. And so it just looks like no matter what the left say, no matter what mainstream Republicans say regarding Donald Trump and his effectiveness, what he says about racists, about our government, about life in America, what he says is important to Americans. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being here today. We made it through, I guess, the, everything but the last 10 or 15 minutes with no voice problem. It's getting better every day. You guys have a great Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow at TNN Live. Another summer day has come and gone away in Paris and Rome, but I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Maybe surrounded by a million people, I still feel all alone. Just want to go home. You, you know, and I've been keeping all the letters that I wrote to you, each one in line or two. I'm fine, baby. How are you? Well, I would send them, but I know that it's just not enough. My words were cold and And you deserve more than that Another airplane, another sunny place I'm lucky, I know, but I want to go home I got to go home Let me go home Come home And I feel just like I'm living Someone else's life It's like I just stepped outside When everything was going right And I know just why you couldn't
not come along with me This was not your dream But you always believed in me Another winter day has come and gone away In either Paris or Rome And I wanna go home Let me go home And I'm surrounded by a million people I still feel alone and let me go home Oh, I miss you, you know Let me go home I've had my run, baby, I'm done I gotta go home Let me go home I'm coming back home